Hey, good morning or good afternoon now, or not afternoon. <laughs> I've got our times changed. Uh, Facebook world. I am super, super excited to introduce Louis Leva. Uh, welcome, Louis. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Mike. I appreciate you having me on. Am I your number one guest? Am I the first one? You are. So that's why we're a little bit behind schedule today. I'm sorry. We had some technical difficulties totally on my part. No. Um, <laughs> but I'm really excited to announce that every single Wednesday, we are going to do what we consider a winner's Wednesday. So these are going to be entrepreneurs, agents in the real estate industry um, with EXP or not with EXP and just really go over some of the best practices, their story, you know, tips that you have for other real estate agents. And Lewis, one of the reasons why I picked you to be our first guest today is you have an incredible story. Uh, and I'd like for you just to share a little bit. I'll give you just a, a brief background because I know Lewis is incredibly yeah. humble. But Lewis had his own real estate brokerage. So not only was he a successful agent and team leader, but then he developed his own real estate brokerage called Culture Estate. They had over 100 agents. And one of it, Culture was not only in the name, by the way. It had one of the best cultures that I've ever seen with any real estate firm. And, you know, I know that you guys were just a powerhouse in New Jersey. So yeah. let's kind of walk me through how you transitioned into being a real estate broker. Oh, oh, thank you for, you know, start leading off with that question. Uh, well, for, for me, real estate really meant a lot more than a, a high paying job. Uh, growing up, we didn't really have a house to call our own. We would transition a lot every year to a different apartment. And it just seemed like home ownership was just a fairy tale that was really only allowed for the ultra rich. And I, I would uh, see real estate agents from time to time. And I would think that these people were like superheroes. Like they really... <laughs> did save people's lives and made dreams come true. And for me, growing up, having a home was like such a dream that when we finally were able to get a home in 1998 was the first year which we, my family was able to finally buy a house after many, many attempts of trying. And, you know, back then it was easier, but we just were not, uh, we didn't look good on paper. You know, we made enough to get by. We made enough money to to pay our rent and provide food, but it was kind of difficult to prove to a bank that we could pay for a $160,000 house, believe it or not. It was very, very difficult uh, back in those days for, for us. So when we were able to get our first home, it just felt like the greatest feeling ever. Like it really was, and I was only a kid. I was probably like 16, 17 years old, but I knew there was something special about that moment. Uh, and then as soon as I turned 18, I tried to buy a house of my own. I told my dad, hey, take me to, try to see if I can qualify to buy a house. And so then he took me, I, my dad would take me anywhere. I mean, anything I wanted, my dad would try to, to help me with, or at least allow myself to be educated about. So I told him to take me to see a real estate agent who was a friend of his. And I sat in her office. I sat, I'm sorry, I sat in her lobby while my dad spoke to her. And uh, she, I, I can hear her saying things like, I don't think he's going to be able to qualify because he doesn't really make any money on the books because I was cutting hair at the time and I was making fairly decent money cutting hair. I was probably making more money uh, off the books than my teachers were making on the books. Uh, so it wasn't like I couldn't afford to buy one, but it just, it didn't, it didn't uh, make sense on paper what I was doing. So needless to say, I wasn't able to start investing at 18, which was kind of like, that's a, believe it or not, as a kid, that's what I used to dream about is like buying homes, fixing homes, and just making them better, even if it was just a flip or to provide a place for another family to live in. 
but that dream got delayed somewhat. So finally, when we're, we're able to uh, buy an investment property, I think that year was in the early 2000s. It must have been like 2001, maybe 2002. What ended up happening is that one of my very good friends, he got into the mortgage business and he said, hey, listen, you guys should refinance your home because when you bought it in 98, uh, it, the, the rates have dropped since then. So you can lower down the rate and you can pull out some money. So we did just that. We lowered the rate, pulled out some money, did some repairs to the home, but then we had some money left over. So then it occurred to me that I said, hey, listen, why don't we try to buy an investment property? It's both my dad and my brother. So we went in on it and we bought a four family home just down, down the road from where we were staying. And that home was uh, my first introduction to uh, investing. Uh, the, we did all the work ourselves, which we had no idea what we were doing. My brother was uh, in construction, but he was a mason. So when it came to like sheetrock, painting, uh, tile work, he had no idea what he was doing. So he was, he was, he was, I would rather have no help than his help. It was really bad. Like, he would complain about painting because he hated that kind of stuff. So it was basically my dad and I did, did the brunt of the work. And then I started renting apartments to uh, tenants and I had no idea how to, like, I had no idea how to even like check a background for a tenant. No idea. Just, I just thought everyone was a good person. So needless to say, I got some really bad tenants. I had tenants that from day one didn't pay me, brought in dogs, started selling drugs in the house. Like it was just a nightmare. So I put up with that for many, many, many months. And then um, during that year that I owned the home, I made the decision that I wanted to get out of the barber business. I owned the barber shop at the time. I kind of skipped that step, but I didn't go to college. I went into entrepreneurship right away. So around the age of 21, I said, you know what? This barber business is not for me. Even though I was very good at it, I didn't challenge me mentally and I was uh, limited because how many people can you actually cut in one day? How many you know, days are there in a week? That's the cap of my income. I can get more, I can get more uh, barbers, but barbers um, were different back then because there weren't that many that you could pick from. Now there's like an abundance of barbers everywhere. But back then you, you had to deal with the barbers that you had. So if they showed up to work, great. If they didn't, too bad. You had to cover their appointments. It was the most stressful experience I've ever uh, felt in my life. And I said, if I were to open up more barbershops, like that means that I would just magnify my stress by that many more places. And believe it or not, I made less money owning a barbershop with six, seven uh, barbers than I did when I was just cutting hair for someone else. It was sad but true, but I learned a lot about business during those few years. So in my 21st year of being alive on this planet, I decided that real estate was going to be my next move. So I made the transition. And this is what I tell a lot of people. When you're going to do something, make sure you're all in. Don't, don't be like one foot in, one foot out, because you're not going to succeed. I tell a lot of people who get into real estate, they want to do real estate part-time. I say, is there any way where you can do real estate full-time and then do your other job part-time, even though it may seem like a sacrifice or it may seem like you're going to take a loss of income? In the long run, if you really want to be in real estate, this is the way you're going to maximize your chances of succeeding. Because that's what I did. I did real estate all day long, seven days a week. I would do anyone's open house. And then back in the day, no one used to even show up to open houses. So I would just every day real estate nonstop. And then from the moment I got home, sometimes I was at six if I was lucky, sometimes at eight, I would cut hair until midnight most days. And then that's how I kind of kept money in my pocket. But that first year was very difficult. I barely sold any homes, but I was, I was just thirsty to keep learning. And I knew that my why was that I didn't want to go back to the previous life that I had. I did not want to go back to cutting hair. I felt like a prisoner. I felt like I was 
uh, not living my full potential. Uh, and no disrespect to barbers out there, but that was just not my calling. It was my calling up until that age, but now I wanted to be into something that was going to challenge me more mentally and it was going to have a bigger payout at the end of the day. So year two, everything came full circle. All the seeds I planted, all the knowledge I gained, I ended up becoming the top producer of my office in the second year. My income went from 20000 to over 100000 I couldn't even believe it. And I was having the best time of my life. Uh, so needless to say, that just progressed and progressed until I became more of a productive agent. And uh, somewhere around 2005, was it five? 2000 and, no, 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 I apologize. It was sometime 2013, uh, I had the uh, inclination of starting to do a lot of uh, self-improvement. I, I started to listening to Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone. Um, Gary V wasn't really in the picture yet. And I started to kind of... Um, see that there was a pattern, that these guys were putting uh, plans together, that they had visuals like whiteboards with vision walls and all these things. And I said, you know what? I was going through a rough time uh, because I, we were just coming out of that um, kind of like that, uh, that real estate slump. So I, I said to myself, you know what? Uh, there has to be something behind all this because all the people that are doing really well, they, they use these methods. So I started with a simple whiteboard with some visions and some things I wanted for my life. One of them was to open up a real estate office. So I kid you not, within the first two weeks of having that on the wall, I had a real estate office. I found a location, and it kind of was like the reticular activator system where you, you don't see it unless you have it. Like if you own a red car, and I see red cars everywhere. You know, so that was kind of what happened. Every day I would see, I want a, a real estate company, I want a real estate company, I want a real estate company, and then it appeared for me. Uh, made it happen, started a real estate company with a friend of mine. We parted ways after about two or three years, and then I uh, had a brief uh, stint over with another friend of mine. We uh, grew that real estate company. It's still there today. Both real estate companies are still there today. And then my third progression, which was in October of 2016, was opening Culture Estate. And it took me three attempts. And this is why I tell people, like, you can never count yourself out. As long as you're still breathing, you still got another opportunity. In 2016, uh, October, I remember the that month like vividly like it was yesterday we found this we found this location in scotch plains new jersey which if you guys aren't familiar with it's a very kind of small town nothing really much going on there everybody kind of knows everybody in uh, the downtown area and uh, it looked like it was something straight out of the 1970s it had green carpets or red walls or red carpets and green walls one of those combinations but it looked funky and we went in there and we just we didn't have much money I'll be honest with you, we had about like $20,000 to get this thing off the ground. And on top of that, I already had scheduled a vacation to go see my parents in Guatemala for five weeks. This transition was not planned. It was kind of like we had to make this transition when we did. So I did what most people probably wouldn't have done. I left the only $20,000 I had left. I had a couple of bucks left in my savings account so I can go and spend a little time with my family. I gave all my money to my operations manager at the time, Joali, and I said, you gotta make this money last until I come back. And when I come back, I'll be in a better position. I had some closings that were coming up. I'm gonna go and recharge my battery because what we're about to do right now is gonna take everything out of me for the next few years. So she did. I went away for five weeks. I read five books on business while I was away. I, I read uh, Start With Why. I, I read, um, that's why Simon Sinek, a great book if you guys haven't read it. Uh, Leaders Eat Last, also by Simon Sinek. I read um, The E-Myth Revisited, which is an amazing book. I, I, I highly recommend that book to anyone who's going to get in business. 
Jab, Jab, Right Hook by Gary V. Uh, and there was a fifth one that I, I forget, but there were, I read so, I like was nonstop. Every moment that I wasn't um, helping my dad or having um, a meal, I was reading, 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 reading. I came back with so many notes, so many pages of just like ideas and notes. And I came back and I started doing Mastermind Mondays and it started to become um, almost like our calling card where we would just, as individuals, we'd come go in front of the other the, the others in the office and we would just say, talk about ourselves, who we are, why, why we're in real estate, you know, what we want to achieve. And I'm telling you right now, there was at least five or 10 occasions somewhere in between then where our agents literally broke down in tears in front of everyone. And I was one of them. I, I, I admit, I was telling my story and I started crying. But it's because we have to get over our fears of being in front of others and telling our story because what else is real estate but communicating with people and being yourself and being likable. So I told my agents, there's only one thing I can ever guarantee you if you join my organization. And that's that I will make you uncomfortable because life is uncomfortable. And if you can get over yourself, you can get over anything. And uh, we grew our brokerage when we started in October, 2016. It was myself, it was Joelle, it was my sister, believe it or not. And uh, my friend Diego and uh, his brother. We had, we had five agents total, that was it. And um, we transitioned that office into, at our height, it was, thank you for you know bringing that up, but it was 97 licenses within two years, two years and change, which um, it was amazing. Like that was, and I was big with the vision wall, 100 agents on my wall. And uh, thanks to you guys, you know, we smashed that now. We have more than 100 agents in our organization, way more. But it's because we took, we took the in initiative where we felt that, that was our barrier because I'm telling you right now, it took us two and a half years to get to 90 some agents, but we kept bouncing up and down, up and down. It was kind of like this rocket to the moon and then a plateau. We couldn't figure out why. And the reason why was because agents kept leaving for better opportunities, which I couldn't blame them because I did the same thing. I moved from office to office when I felt there was better opportunities. And when I saw your model, Micah, I said, this is the perfect opportunity for real estate agents they could never outgrow exp because exp gives them everything they could ever get on their own and then some i don't think i could have ever gotten international uh, within a reasonable time frame but if i wanted to i can do that tomorrow you know agents have ownership agents have equity agents have so much and i would think to myself like you would really have to be small-minded or want or like pain because that's what i went through <laughs> as a broker you really like pain to go out and go try to do things on your own because it's tough. I'm telling you right now, it's really hard. You know, the hardest thing about being a broker, if you guys have never experienced this before, and if you have, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The hardest mm -hmm. thing about being a broker is that you pour so much into others and just to see others walk out the door and then never talk to you again. It's really sad. It's disheartening. And uh, to me, I kind of like, I had to put myself in a position where once it had started happening, I was kind of like, oh, it's okay, you know, it's all right. It's all right. To the point where, all right, this person leaves. I got to shut myself off mentally because it really did hurt, like losing a family member. So, right. you know, that's and, and that's my story in a nutshell. But ever since we made this transition into EXP with uh, your organization, Micah, we have experienced um, a different type of organization where, yes, we've lost agents, but we've only lost agents who weren't ready to invest in themselves. And we've attracted agents who are serious about their business. And now we have, uh, we have, like I said, way over 100 agents, but we have way over 100 productive agents. Whereas before we had 80, 20, 
20% were productive, 80% were hanging their license and doing one deal a year. So that's been the biggest transition for us. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure if uh, you're still there with me. I lost your, your video, but uh, I'll keep going if you want until you come back. <laughs> so um, what I can tell you right now, guys, is if you're watching this or if we're still live, that another one of the biggest takeaways that you will see is that in order to scale any business, you need to be around the right people. And uh, Micah and Hamoudi uh, are the right people for me because when I, I got to a certain level, there was really no one around me who could take me to that next level. It was all me trying to research how do I go to that next level? How do I, how do I uh, grow this or leverage this? And I thought for a moment maybe taking it into the franchise world might be uh, an easier way for me to now grow this thing, which means that I would now have to team up with other brokers who would then uh, be culture estates, but they would be a franchise of the major company. And if you guys don't know that, that requires a five-year to a 10-year marriage with that person. And if that person turns out to be crazy, or if that person turns out to be a bad representative of your brand, you know, it can get really ugly. And on top of that, they can also sue you whenever they feel like it to get out of their contract. So it's a lot of legalities. You don't want to be sued. It's not something that, you know, uh, helps you sleep at night, let me say. Uh, but the way that uh, Micah has uh, offered me this opportunity, I can now team up with the same people who would have who would have taken franchises with me. And it's really kind of all done on a handshake. And if that person turns out to be great, amazing. That's awesome. And they're going to grow their own brand. They don't have to now grow my brand. And mm -hmm. the difference now is that if they're amazing people and I feel like they are the person that I want to do long-term business with, well, I can pour more into that person and I can help that person grow that brand because the better they do, the better that I do. It's very symbiotic. We don't have to worry about the uh, P&L at the end of the month. We don't have to worry about uh, liability. We don't have to worry about rogue agents. You know, none of that is our concern anymore. We just go to business and we do what we do best, which is support each other. We grow the brand and then we just help others uh, sell houses. You know, that's really what we're meant to do anyway. Once you get yeah. to that level, you, you kind of outgrow the working with buyers and seller thing. You have to make other people better at that. Yeah, thank you so much. And, and I'm sorry, guys, my uh, screen completely froze. So it was not letting me do anything. Um, but Lewis, I heard you the entire time. And you know, that that really brings to, to my next point. So, you know, I hear from real estate agents all the time, you know, you, you have that natural progression, or, or so we think, right, that you're a successful agent, then you create a team. And then you're like, I want to open my own office, for two reasons, usually to create leveraged income off of other agents, and then also to help other agents produce more. So what advice do you have agents maybe that are considering getting their broker's license right now, looking to open up an office, bring on agents? What advice would you have for them in comparison to what you've done in the past, the success that you've had with 100 plus agents in two mm -hmm. years, which is amazing, guys. That's, yeah. That is no easy feat. And to where you are today. Okay, well, the, um, when I did the transition, I thought to myself, Knowing that eXp exists and knowing that eXp is an option for you, you'd have to be crazy to do it on your own now. And uh, when I started, eXp started around the same time, like really popularizing in New Jersey. So it wasn't really like it was blaring in my ear that it was an option. I only learned about it a few years in. So right now, I'm going to tell you this, even though a lot of agents, they're going to want to try it anyway. And that's fine. It's your right to do that. You're going to try to do your own thing because you think that you're going to be the next uh, Gary Keller or, you know, you're going to be God's gift to uh, real estate. But I will tell you this much right now. In order for you to succeed, you have to make a decision. 
are you going to continue being a real estate agent and now also services realtors and compete with them? Because if that's the case, you're not going to grow your business. You have to make a decision. When I opened up my brokerage, I said, okay, I'm going to be an, uh, I'm going to be an owner. I'm no longer going to be an operator. Like Michael likes to say a lot, because that's one of the, that's one of the, the lessons that I learned in the book, the E-Myth. A lot of times when a plumber works for a plumbing company, he says, oh, I know this plumbing thing. I can do this on my own because they see the owner of the plumbing company making a ton of money, right? That's what they see on the surface. And then when they become a plumbing company, now they're the plumber, they're the receptionist, they're the accountant, they're the marketer, and they're everything. Now they've gotten themselves an even more stressful job than before. So if you're going to open a brokerage or even if you're going to start a high-level team, you got to get yourself out of that mindset that now you still you have to produce and you have to do these things it's going to be a decrease of income no doubt it's going to be a decrease in income in the beginning it's a very scary thing giving away your listings giving away your buyers giving away all these things that you know you could just go and and cash out ten twenty thousand dollars it's gonna be really difficult but if you really want to be a broker then you got to be ready to make that that change you can't play both sides of the field because a number one you're competing with your agents and number two you're going to run yourself so thin, you're going to be miserable. You're going to hate the industry that you're in. So you got to make a decision to step back and then just watch things from a macro level. That's probably what I can tell you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the things that, you know, you talked about Tony Robbins before, and, and one of his quotes is, are you a business owner or are you a business operator? And a lot of us get into real estate to be a business owner, to have financial freedom, time freedom, location freedom. Well, what happens is we, we no longer have that. You can get financial freedom for what you give up more time. So yeah. that's where he would argue that you're an operator and not an owner. Now, one of the things that I know was really important to you, Lewis, when you came over to eXp was maintaining that culture. Obviously, your company was called Culture Estate. You yes. guys had an amazing culture in your office. How have you been able to maintain that transitioning into a virtual brokerage? Yeah. Uh, great question because it was a it was a fear of mine going virtual for me was one of the scariest things because I felt like we needed an office to, to continue that that camaraderie that brotherhood that sisterhood uh, between each other and uh, I really fought it you know I said okay you know what I'll join EXP but I'm keeping my office and, mm -hmm. and then along comes COVID and we're all working from home so I said to myself this is ridiculous I'm paying a ton of money to keep this place open Meanwhile, we're all working virtually and we're having our, our meetings on Zoom. I, I think that I, I, I have to ask this question. So I asked a lot of my agents, hey, do you like working from home? Would you consider continuing working virtually if I can give you guys the top commission in the company? I can give you all the benefits, but we won't have an office. Or do you want to keep the office? So unanimously, everyone asked us that, you know what, if it's going to help you and we can get more out of it, then let's just stay virtual. So... We've lost agents over the course of the last, I would say, year and a half. Or, but we've only lost agents that we would have lost anyway. It wasn't lo we didn't because my fear was that they're all going to leave because we're not going to be in a space together. But actually, absolutely not. A lot of them banded together and met up at Regis's. A lot of them did a lot of, um, um, how would I say, um, cold calling with each other, uh, role playing with each other. Uh, all did it virtually, and we have we've never missed for lack of a. Um, only uh, holidays. We've really never missed a mastermind Monday that now we have more attendance to because it's done on Zoom. And before when I used to put this, orchestrate this whole fancy thing in the office, 
Mm -hmm. I have sometimes five people in there, you know, and maybe uh, uh, most of the people watching on, on Facebook. You know, we haven't gotten back to putting our stuff on Facebook, but we are going to start doing that very soon. But it should have been a precursor to me that more people will watch you online than it will in person. And now that we do this on Zoom, it's just like it's a no-brainer. So uh, for us, it's been it, – it, I went through a, a phase myself where I felt – because COVID really did, did, oh my God, that thing took for forever to really, especially in New Jersey, for us to be able to like get around each other. But uh, recently, when we've gone to our masterminds that we've done, thanks to you, uh, I've I've met people that aren't even in my organization that will literally do anything for us in order to help us. That I feel like you know what, this is more of a culture than I could have ever hoped for previously, because culture was a hundred people at best. You know, we have thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands of people that are uh, worldwide with EXP Realty that if I were to reach out to them and say, hey, listen, can you give me some of your secrets? Hey, listen, what ha what can I do in this situation? Or even if even if a hurricane hit my house and I have nowhere to go, I can reach out to extend a hand and it could help me get back on my feet. Nowhere else could I have imagined that possible. But at EXP, I've, I've, I haven't even been the one to say it. I hear my agents say it that, Oh my God, this is great! Like people say that we're virtual and we have no no connection with each other, but when we see each other, it's like we it's like we've seen our, our, our long lost friends. So it really is. It's it's weird and it's hard to put into words. You'd have to experience it to kind of really understand it. Because I personally also thought that we had to be around each other all the time in order mm -hmm. to build those bonds. But no, believe me, I think those bonds are are really really strong, even if it's virtual. Yeah, and, and I couldn't agree more. I, I heard somebody say the other day, and I'm probably going to butcher the quote, but it was, if you're outside, you can't see it. If you're inside, you can't explain it, right? And I, I think yeah. that's that's just a true testament to, to the culture. So walk me through, you know, walk us through that mental process of being a broker, being at the top of your game, and then now giving that up to join and merge with EXP, I know that was a very unselfish move because yeah. now you're giving your agents expansion opportunities and ownership, right? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of it had to do more with ego than it had to do with money, right? So let me explain that to you. Because when I became a broker, I knew I was going to take a cut in my income, right? So I, was, I wasn't new to that. Uh, coming out to EXP, I knew I was going to take a cut in money. As a matter of fact, I created a very elaborate calculator to figure out how much I was actually going to lose. So I was okay with taking a loss knowing that my agents were going to be in a better position. I was going to be able to retain them longer, keep us together, and take the financial uh, financial issue out of the equation. No one could ever leave us now for more money because there really isn't any more money out there. So that's gone. So I said, you know what, now it's just about you know building a brand, building a team, and just helping us grow. But the biggest problem for me and every other broker who is going to be making this transition or team leader, a lot of them are going to be caught up in self-egotistical things, such as one of my things that I laugh about now is that I didn't like EXP's colors, orange and blue. I was like, this is so ugly. You know, it's, I didn't know because I had my head so far up my ass that I didn't know we had black and white versions. Right. And I could use the black and white version. It's just, it was crazy to me. So getting over myself and, and a lot of brokers who are a lot of you know what i'm gonna say i'm gonna go on and let me say this the majority of brokers out there are hurting but they don't want anyone to know that they're hurting. the amount of the, the vast majority of team leaders have no idea what they're doing need support don't have enough resources but they're too um how would i say they're too 
um, they're worried about what people would say about them if they weren't asked for help. It's true. You know, I, I know it because I've experienced it. I've, I, this, the office was um, one of the biggest blessings for me because I got to learn a lot about uh, people and management and, and employees and, and, and payroll and all these things. And I know how much it costs to operate a, a, an organization on a high level. You can do all of the things that you want to do through EXP without the money being an issue. Yeah, but for me, it was kind of like if I do this, I've lost I've lost my identity as being the man at the top. Uh, I've lost uh, my name at the front door. I, I've lost the ability to call myself the broker. But what do I gain on the other side? You got to sometimes maybe sit down and make a list down the middle pros and cons. And when you write down all the pros, you're going to fall off your chair when you see that all the pros are all about yourself. It's all about you and your in your in your ego and your greed that's really what the only stuff that was on the pro side was me everything that was on the, the i'm sorry everything that was on yeah i guess you would say that and then everything that was on the con side benefited everyone else but me and then i said to myself wait a minute this is not making any sense i need to do this because i i know from you know being in business so long that you can't build anything on your own. You need other people. And if you're the only one benefiting sooner or later, the chips are going to fall and, you know, people are going to see it's a house of cards and everything is not, not going to work out. So what I'm suggesting is that if you're on the fence, if you're thinking about EXP or maybe you're already ruled EXP out because you think that you've got it all figured out, write down on a list what you would benefit from joining and write down on another list what you would benefit from not joining. And then you make a decision at that point. Absolutely. And one of the things I know you've heard me say that I love to say mm -hmm. is your ego is not your amigo, right? Yeah. And we not all really. have an ego. I mean, I used to be a broker as well. And, mm -hmm. you know, I had to sit back and say, what is the best product that's out there for my agents? And you have to do what's in the best interest if you're if you're going to build a team or, you know, build an organization. So um, and I love one of the things that you said, if you, you know, you go fast, you go alone. If you go far, we go together. So let's talk about that with really the expansion opportunities, because I know that you you had built the successful office in New Jersey. You were, yeah. had plans to franchise out, right? And you've already invested in, in yeah. franchising out your business. Now let's flip that to what you're doing today on a global level with eXp. How is that different than what you were doing a couple of years ago? Oh yeah, it's totally different because I didn't have the resources to support agents that were 30 minutes away from my office. You know, I, know, I noticed that every time we get an agent that was more than 30 minutes away, it was just a matter of time until they left because it, it didn't really make sense we weren't able to give them the resources and the community that they needed. So uh, by being able to now uh, be a part of uh, this amazing network uh, of VXP, uh, we're now, I have agents uh, that are in our organization. And I, you know what, I don't like to say I have agents, but I've partnered with agents that have joined the organization because of us and our agents who have brought them on. I have agents in states that I've never even been to and I don't even plan on going to, which is incredible. <laughs> I didn't have to put in the legwork. I didn't have to put in the, uh, I remember there was one day when I was uh, a broker, I met with, and this is a blessing and a curse. I met with eight agents in one day to join my office, eight in one day. I said, that's amazing. And I think, I think they pretty much all joined, but I spent the entire day and I thought to myself, like the only one who cares if I grow my brokerage is me. With eXp, everybody benefits from growing the organization, not just me. So uh, that just, the light went off, you know, it's just like, I have to do that. So 
now I'm, you know, thanks to you and the opportunities that I know that I have now, I'm working on agents from different countries. I'm working on agents in, in Canada, the UK, and Spain, and uh, soon Latin America, because I've recently learned that there's a huge opportunity uh, in doing so. So yeah, we're about to go uh, nationwide, believe it or not. So that's uh, exciting to say. And uh, I'm glad that I'm saying it publicly because I'm holding you guys, you guys are gonna hold me accountable. Social accountability, right? Absolutely. And, and that's what I, I love the term, it's a borderless brokerage. I was looking at our organization uh, yesterday and we're in 31 states and five countries. Guys, I could not do that, you know, on my own. So let's talk about the compounding effect. Cause I was on, I was on a call yesterday with a broker who, you know, is, is definitely comfortable in his own right. But one of the things that he was missing was here's my 2025 agents that I have. I would initially lose money to join EXP, but he was missing the fact of number one, we could have cut out a lot of overhead expense and liability is huge. But the other part is the compounding effect. Where, as you mentioned, now your agents are as incentivized as you are. So let's talk about how that can compound in relation to how you were set up as a broker. Yeah, I mean, look, most people's brains are not wired to understand compounding. But if you if you double a penny every day for thirty days, that's six million dollars. Just think about it, right? So even if you don't, you know, it doesn't work exactly the same way with growing your organization with EXP Realty. You don't have that opportunity anywhere else, even with your own brokerage. You just can't do it. There's other brokerages that are attempting to do the same thing that EXP Realty has already done. And they're falling, like saying they're falling short is an overstatement. They're nowhere even on the radar. Uh, what EXP is able to create so far is more powerful than, uh, you know, just an idea on paper. It's a movement. People really do care about this company growing. And the reason why is because they're not growing someone else's company. It's an agent-led company. It's an agent-owned company. Uh, think about that for a second right there, because if you own the company you work for, you know that, that gives you a different feeling about it. You care now if the company does well. You care that the company reported gains. You care that the company now is giving you a dividend on your stock, which is, if you guys aren't familiar with stock terms, that means you're getting paid now to hold the stock aside from it appreciating you're now getting money for having stock it's like come on so you're getting paid now so many different ways and on top of that having the opportunity to i don't know bring in an agent a month for the next year that, that gives you let's say 10 of them stay on you've got 10 agents who can possibly now bring in one or two agents themselves now within five years you've got an organization of 100 maybe more agents that are working towards their own goals and are not feeling like they have a broker to report to, like they have uh, someone that's telling them what to do with their time and how to do their things. You know, it's really just more like a, a real true partnership where everyone kind of like masterminds and bonds together to figure out, you know, how do we do this better? Mm -hmm. And no one feels like they're getting taken advantage of because whether you've been in real estate one day or you've been in real estate 20 years like me, we all get the same opportunity. We all get the same commission split and we all get the same stock awards. No red carpet was laid out to me for bringing over a hundred agents. If you got your license six months ago, you can come on and have the same opportunity that I had. I love it. And that's, that's really the key there is we all have the same opportunity. So it's never too late to get in. And one thing that I really want to end with, you said that it's a movement. 
And I truly believe EXP is more than just a real estate brokerage. It's a movement. So, Lewis, I want to thank you. Uh, before we go, anything else that you want to highlight uh, before we end this call? Yeah, absolutely. So for a lot of you who are, are considering or might be looking at EXP as an option, um, I'll tell you right now, as an agent, it's a no-brainer. You leave your brokerage and you go check it out and you don't like it, you can come back. And if you come back, I guarantee you, your broker will give you more commissions so they can use you as an example so no one else leaves. So you have zero, you have zero, how would I say? There's no risk, no risk at all for you. You can bring your listings with you. They've even given you, they'll even give you your contracts to take with you. I've never in my life seen such a thing. So you're not, you're not handcuffed there financially. And if you're a broker, guess what? You're not signing on as a, as a franchise, which means you're, you're not on the hook for five to 10 years. You're not going to be paying a, a, a fee to come on like you would with any other franchise, which is anywhere between $30,000 to $60,000. You're not paying any of that, but you're getting all of those resources and a model that cannot be duplicated by anyone else. And if you don't like it, you can leave as a broker with all of your agents again, if your agents decide to leave with you because it's the biggest opportunity in your life. But it is an opportunity for you to go and test the water without having to Without having to say, look, I have no way to escape, you can escape. But I'll be honest with you, once you see it and you understand it, you're going to know that it's the biggest opportunity in your professional life from the moment you got your real estate license, the biggest opportunity. And when you grasp that, you will not be able to sleep. I guarantee you that. It's called EXP Insomnia. I'm not sure who trademarked that, but it's a real thing. Right, right. And then I know Gene always says EXP is making real estate fun again. So Awesome. Well, anybody that's interested, anybody that's watching this, if somebody sent you this video, definitely, you know, go back to the person that you've been working with. But Lewis, if somebody's watching this and they want to reach out to you directly, sure. what's the best, best way to get in touch with you? Oh, you can find me in any social media platform under Culture Estate, any social media platform whatsoever. And if you want to visit our website, that would be culture.estate. It doesn't get easier than that. Yep. And I know you're big on YouTube as well. Absolutely. If you guys want to learn about some real estate, 101, you can jump over to our real estate channel. We've got playlists dedicated to just talking about your everything from marketing to your dialogue. So go ahead and check it out. It's also under Culture State on YouTube. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lewis. I know that you're yeah. incredibly busy, and I really appreciate you being our first guest today on our weekly show. Mm -hmm. And as always, we appreciate your time, and it's great to be in business with you. My pleasure, Suhar. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Take care.